Hey, this is Jeremy Herder, founder of Optimal Self. And if you want to learn how to level up, be successful through masterminds, then you should listen to my good friend, Brandon Straza with The Mastermind Effect. You love to learn, grow, and improve yourself, but you're still not where you want to be? The right mastermind can be the ultimate secret weapon when it comes to personal development, but trying to find the one that's built for you isn't always easy. Welcome to The Mastermind Effect, the one and only show that focuses on helping you cut through the noise, invest in yourself, and move past your natural limits. This is everything you need to know about masterminds, brought to you by your host, Brandon Straza. Hey, everyone. Today, we've got the founder of Optimal Self, Jeremy Herder. Jeremy gets into the strength he saw in his mother have as a child set up for how he handles life today. Jeremy talks about why you need to find the rooms that are congruent to your life. And we finish it out with why you should never overhaul what you're currently doing. Check it out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show where you know I believe the only way to unlock your potential is to tap into the experience of others. But real quick, before we get into the amazing individual that we've got today, do you want the right coach or event to get real results from? We do that. Head on over to the Success Finder, download the app, and message me. If you're looking to be the coach or a mastermind on the platform, let me know. And if you're looking for that right coach or mastermind, message me, the host of the Mastermind Effect, Brandon Straza, and we'll get you started from there. All right, on to the show. We have got the founder of Optimal Self, Inc., Jeremy Herder. Jeremy, man, welcome to the show. What's up, buddy? Good to be here, man. Thanks for Absolutely. having me. Did I, get, did I get the right name? Did I yeah, get man, the last you got name? It. Herod. That's right. <laughs> there we go. There we go. And Jeremy and I have a little bit of a backstory that I'll throw in there real quick. It's going to be a little vague, but you'll have heard the names of Travis Chappell, um, who has uh, been unbelievable when it comes to us creating the podcast that you listen to and, uh, and his platform, Guestio. Go check it out where you can find a, a lot of amazing podcast guests and, uh, and hosts over there. But Jeremy and I met at a mastermind down in... Costa Rica, Costa Rica, where Costa Rica <laughs> almost killed me twice, attempted to, and uh, coincidentally, somehow, like you know, I finally walked out of there with all my limbs in place. But that's where I got to meet he and his amazing companion, uh, and uh, just had an unbelievable time. Learned from each other, and I said, "Hey, man, we got to have you on the show. Uh, let's get you over on the platform." But Jeremy, I got I got to ask before we hop into this. So when the people hear and they're like, "Man, I want to reach out and work with him," where is the best place for them to connect with you at? Uh, so just our website is optimalself.today. Everything goes through me. So whatever, you know, the staff gets it when they see it, but, you know, they can reach us. They can reach us there. Every Everything that goes through there, again, it comes to me. So you're going to get me at some point. Uh, so just check on over there. I mean, if you look at me up on all the socials, I'm, I'm everywhere you can be found. So uh, yeah. yeah, I'd love to hear from him for sure. Previous professional athlete. And I mean, the guys just bring in the gun show. I tell you what, <laughs> but uh, it, it's, it's more than that. I'm just, I'm just giving them a hard time. All right, real quick. I always like to start out with this. So again, the listeners, they get to like, man, not only do I dig what he's got going on, I know how to reach out to him. If I were to say, what is your superpower and what you're able to help people accomplish? What's your superpower, man? Oh, I love it. Great question, man. Great question. Especially out of the gate. My superpower always is to find the good in every situation, to see the positive, to see a light at the end of the tunnel, to, to find in every negative, worst situation that you could possibly have. My superpower is that 
I can always find something to to take from it, take it good and uh, and and build from it. So that is something from a young age. Um, just to give you a listener a little backstory, you know, uh, a lot of times, you know, people see professional athlete. Uh, yes, I've been to the CrossFit Games as as a Masters athlete. Yes, I did win a. I won an event, was number one in the world in that moment. You know what I mean? Like, there's all these kind of accolades, all Pac-10 infielder that that you see, and and and. But what, but the but the truth is 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 you know all of that was not there was nothing there given right. I grew up in. Uh, my, my father was an alcoholic, drug addict, uh, abusive, especially even physically to, to us and my mother. And luckily, my mom was a strong ass lady who got us out of there at a very young age. You know, one of the nights when he came home in his drunken stupor and, you know, she said enough is enough. And so he he literally got up to to leave to go back out after he had already been out drinking all, all night and all day. And he left again. And the moment that he left, he came home and we were never there again. She, she packed us up with what she could carry me and my little brother and got us out of there. So, you know, having strong people in your lives or, or people to, to, again, look for the, look for the positive live in there. Um, you know, we, we all go through shit in our lives. Some is way worse than others. I tell you that story and I'm sure there's somebody listening right now whose story is a hundred times worse than than mine, right? But the truth is the truth of it all is that at some point in our lives, we have to be able to to take responsibility for everything in our lives. And I say this all the time to to our clients and 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 you'll hear it a million times uh, if you if you follow along, is the moment that you're able to take, the moment that you're willing to take responsibility for everything in your life, meaning your bank account, the relationship you're in, the house you're in, the car you drive, the clothes you wear, the moment that you will take responsibility for everything in your life that you have today is the moment that you unlock your potential to have anything in your life. And the it's it's a it's a tough thing because you know, did I deserve to be smacked that day and my tooth knocked out and my lip bloodied because I went in to try to protect my mom. Did I deserve it? No, of course not. No. But here's the thing. Can I grow from it and learn from it and say, you know, I can tell you this, my kids never went through that. Right. So, so I had to, I had to be, I had to break those generational curses. And that's what I set out to do. I set out at a very young age to say, you know what? I'm going to break those curses because guess what? Guess what his father was? An abusive alcoholic who died, right? With with a beer can in his hand. It's all true, right? It's generational. And those aren't the words that I use then. They're the words I use today because I because I studied it and I and I focused and I and I learned and I and had a willingness to learn and grow and say, "Man, there's got to be a better way. Let me go find it." And let me take responsibility for being the one who finds it. Don't give me shit. I'm not asking for a handout. I'm not asking, oh, be, oh, woe is me because my dad was. No, doesn't matter. What matters is, I'll, you know, I'm going to go find it. And I hope people understand that. Like, I'm not trying to downplay situations whatsoever because some are so bad. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, if we can, if we can empower people, Brandon, to 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 literally understand that they get to write the rest of the story, because guess who gets to be the architect now? Me. <laughs> That's right. I get to write the story. Yeah, I get it. So 
Yeah, man. No, I, I appreciate you sharing that with us. And it hits me differently than it might have, you know, almost seven years ago, probably a little bit more. I, I, I struggle with hearing stories like that. Not, not from a bad way because I'm a father now and, and my sure. son's almost seven. And so like how I take information and the lens that I see the world through, it, it's just, it's different. That doesn't mean because I'm a father that my lens is more special than the other one. But when I hear that, it's, it's tough for me to hear because of the fact that I'm just like anyone ever laid a, you know, a hand on my son or, or my spouse or my friends or my family or other, you know, other people, it's just, you just don't see it the same way. And, and that's, that's an, that's, um, you had an amazing mother that allowed you to springboard to that, to the, to where you're at today. And I know there were a lot of steps along the way. It wasn't just like, Oh, I went from here, didn't see daddy anymore. And now I'm here. Um, I, I get that there was a lot along the way, but to have someone special in your life and then to continue that with your children, with the people around you and take that same mentality and say, it's my responsibility to own what I'm doing going forward. And I am not my father's keeper, my father's, you know, whatever it is. I got to ask you because you, because you, you decided to get vulnerable. And here's the thing, you know, it's an interesting thing I learned over the weekend at the event that we were just talking about before we hopped on here. I feel now I've created a safe place for you to be vulnerable, for you to share that story, because sometimes we want to be vulnerable, but if it's not a safe space, you know, if we don't create that room, then someone can't share the story like you just did. Have you had contact with your father since that day, that fateful day, and been able to reconnect or have a conversation? And again, I know this, I'm getting a little bit deeper there, but you shared what you shared. And so I, sure. I, I'd like to know. No, that's important. And it's important for the listener, man. There's got to be context around who the, who is this person that you're listening to, right? And so uh, the answer is, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, as, as especially when I was young, I mean, he didn't, he didn't go quietly for sure. I mean, he came home that night and, you know, he came, we were at Nana and Papa's house and he came banging on that door. Like he was going to do something, you know what I mean? And pop answered the door and he was like, listen, son, <laughs> you know, this is not, this is not what you want to be doing. Trust me. You know? And, but here's my, here's the point is, yeah. So there was a ton of those because as time goes on, here's, here's the crazy part, right? And I want people to, to, to understand is that that little boy still lives inside of me. That little boy still craves that, that father figure, that him, that, that, uh, that little boy still wants to hear that you're proud of me or that you, you know, all of those things that, that we talk about. So, but the way through it is, is understanding. And that's, this is self understanding is when we have those feelings or we have those triggers, we have those things that, that set us up for, you know, that we're, we're having those emotions that we understand that we dig in and understand where they come from. And I didn't know that for, for a lot of my life, to be honest with you. I mean, it actually came way later in my life when I had the epiphany. Cause, cause as a young boy, I still craved his attention, right? I still wanted him to pick me up. You know, my mom will tell the stories of me sitting on the porch with my baseball glove, waiting for dad to come pick me up. Right. And he never shows. And she would just sit out there with me until I'd fall asleep. And then she'd pick me up and go put me in my bed. Right. Cause I would always tell her, no, he said, he's coming. He said, he's coming. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm sure there's people out there that have dealt with that as well. So, you know, and then, and then there were times where we had to go there because, you know, that, you know, she finally had a court order that he had to pay child support. And, you know, and so because of that, that, that was partially what, what happened. And so we had to go over there. And again, I, until I was around 11 or 12 years old, where I finally just said, 
I'm not going over there anymore, mom. Like enough is enough. Like he's not there half the time. There's nothing but, you know, cores and seven up for his hangovers in the refrigerator. There's no food, right? We'd, we literally have to go to the neighbor and, and ask, you know, for food and knock on the door because he wasn't there, you know, because he hadn't come home the night before. And we'd have to go look because we were starving. You know, I mean, at some point, and she was just like, you know, finally enough is enough. And, and I never went back, never. And, and, and if I wasn't going, my little brother was like, Hey, well, if Jeremy's not going, I'm not going. So, you know, that's just the way it works. Now, fast forward to having kids. And here's the thing, just like you said right now, is that it, it, it does change your lens. And here's the thing when my, my, my first daughter was when I have two girls, when my first daughter was born and we took, we brought her home and I was just staring at her laying in that crib and I couldn't, I didn't want to take my eyes off her, man. I didn't, you know, like, uh, and I had that same, all of a sudden that those emotions, like I got angry, even more angry at him because I thought how in the world could you not want to be here? How could you not want to see this? How could you not like in every day of, of both of their lives, the thought of not being their father or not being there for them or missing, not even a, not a, not even like a a recital or whatever, right? I have girls. It wasn't baseball games, but the thought of missing, you know, a practice was unheard of for me because I remember what it was like. Yeah. And there was no way. So to, to answer your question, yeah, we did have some, uh, some time, um, and at a very young age, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I said things that I probably shouldn't because they were out of anger and, and, and hurt and not coming from a, from a place. Now I can have the conversation. Cause here's the thing I want to know. I want to share, cause you're going there is that the liberating moment was me. I went to, uh, I went to Sedona, Arizona on a retreat by myself and, the first day there's, you know, you get introduced and then you're going through all kinds of stuff. You're digging deep into yourself, right? A lot of journaling. Um, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. And meditation, a lot of, of figuring out where these things are coming from. And actually, it was after the retreat. I was back in, uh, I'd gone into Scottsdale. I had some friends in Scottsdale. So I stayed, I went to Scottsdale to visit some friends. I was actually in my hotel room. The last night I was there waiting for, I was catching a plane the next morning. Then I was laying, I was laying in my bed and all of a sudden I had this crazy wave of emotion. Like I was like, oh my gosh. And I started writing and I started writing the words, I love you. And it just kept coming. I couldn't control it. All of a sudden I was uncontrollably sobbing. And all I could think is, I love you. And one of the guys that was there, another, another person that was there, you know, you, they gave you a, an accountability partner to the things that you're going to work on, right. Or, or somebody to call or, so I grabbed my phone and I called this person and I said, Hey, I'm, I'm really having a moment. And he's like, tell me. And I said, I can't, I'm having like, like, I keep writing. I love you. Like, I want to feel this, like I have this um, overwhelming. And he said, you know, are you, what are you thinking of? And I was like, I'm just remembering my dad and, you know, my birth father. Cause I don't even call him dad. Even when I see him today, I don't even call him dad. I, cause in my world, dad, that's an earned, you earn it. It's not just cause you had sex with it's a not woman. A DNA. It's, 
And this kid came out, you know, you're a dad. No, you're not. You earned that shit. And so I don't even call him dad. And so I was saying, you know, my birth father and blah, blah, blah. And, and he's like, what is this feeling? And I just said it. I said, I, I want to tell him I love him. And he said, good. He said, you just unlocked your own prison. You just opened the door to the prison that you've been holding yourself in because you, didn't want, you don't want to say that, do you? I said, no, I don't. And he said, unlock the door, man, because you're the only one in there. Unlock the fucking door. Get out. And I was like, holy shit. And he said, oh, hey, by the way, it's okay. It's okay to love him. It's okay to feel those emotions. And B, man, it unlocked like yeah. this whole, like, I felt like a, the biggest weight jumped off my back. I, I could actually take a deep breath. Like I didn't feel bad for saying it. I didn't feel bad for any of it. Like I wasn't holding him responsible for, you know, the abuse and the words and the, all those things. Cause again, out of, by the time I was 18, 19, 20, 21, I could kick his ass if I wanted, like, to be clear, like, this is a frail drunk, you know what I mean? Like, I livers like shriveled to a, yeah, I could have just reached point. over and, you know, with one hand, just popped his head off his body. Yeah. Like it wasn't as if, but no, but I mean, so my point is, is like that moment was a very liberating moment to, to understand that man, I'm holding on to all this anger and, and all these feelings that are not allowing me to be the best version of me. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm like, you. I'm being the my optimal self in spite of this. Right. It's like, now I'm able to like unleash it and go, Oh, wow. And again, talking about it. And, and I'm like, man, you could ask me anything. Cause that's who I am. Yeah. I want to be the most authentic person. I want to tell you anything. You got any question? I'm like, yeah, I'll answer the question. Like, cause, cause that's important, you know, but I think there's a lot of people that I think a lot of us at times are building building our own prisons that we don't even know we're in. Yeah. And it's because we're holding on to things that, that, that we don't need to hold on to. They don't serve us. It, 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 it allows, and not in a good way, it allows a charge to come to another conversation that might not deserve it. You might be having a conversation with someone else completely separate of your father. You have that memory of that feeling, you have the fact inside you, and you bring a charge to the conversation that is not deserving of that other person. I've got uh, not a similar story, but why it resonates with me so much is I remember when I was sitting on the couch and I, I gave that forgiveness without the person knowing the person was sitting there with me. We're, uh, we're fishing lines where you're just getting them, you know, the reels and everything ready for the next morning. And I remember sitting there saying, you know what, I'm done with being angry. I'm done with being mad for all, you know, for these said indiscretions and just saying it to myself. And I was just like, Oh God, the weight, the weight just lifted. Um, but I, I definitely, everything you've said resonates with me, uh, from being a father to having a father and, uh, being a son and, and, I hope that everyone realizes that, you know, it's okay. It's yeah. okay. And there's different degrees. It doesn't mean that Jeremy or my story or someone else is like more important than yours. This no. is the story. We're having the conversation. We're inviting you into this. Sh let's shift gears a little bit. Let's, sure. uh, let's, let's, let's talk about, you know, our ability to learn and have access to people. Like you and I have access to each other because we chose to invest in ourselves. But it's it's drastically, in my opinion, changed over the last five, 10 years. When you and I were younger, books, textbooks, teachers, friends, family, people around us. But that's really a sliver of what's possible. How has your learning changed from your early years to today? Mm, man, 
my early years, I, I didn't try to learn. I tried to get a good grade so that I could play baseball so that I could go to college and get a scholarship. I didn't, I didn't learn anything to be honest with you, because I don't, I think the education system and the way, the way the things, the way that we were raised, at least I was, was the most important thing was the grade on that card that you brought home four times a year or twice a year, depending on, on your age. So I was, we, I, I was driven by a grade point average that allowed me the opportunity to run on and off of baseball fields, football fields, wrestling mats when I was in high school and then on to, to college. So um, I didn't learn at all. To be honest with you, I didn't, there was no learning. It was just, it was just taking in enough information or studying enough information that I could regurgitate it and put it on a paper so that someone would give me a good grade. Today, my thirst for learning is that's all I want to do. All I want to do is read. All I want to do is understand. All I want to do. I believe this, Brandon, I uh, did a podcast on this the other day that uh, speaking to so many people like you and I get to is that the one factor that the one factor that I will attribute to to success because everybody wants some kind of success whatever that is it's simple it's a willingness to learn if you have a willingness to learn there's nothing out of your reach nothing nothing i yeah. mean it's it's it sounds so simple but it 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 is and, and the other thing is is time right because we got to put the time in so today man i mean my thirst is it's even it, it even grows because yeah. I, I i don't want to stop i want to keep talking to people i want to keep the, the people that are that i see that are successful man or you know like you know even the 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 trip that you and i were on i mean man i i couldn't wait to to sit next to somebody that i'd never met before and and hear their story and how they got there and what are the things in if you have a willingness to learn, if you're listening right now, if you truly have a willingness to learn, there's nothing that's out of your reach. Nothing. Yeah. And and, and I think people take a look at it and it's interesting. So I'm going to try to have two parts here and, and I'll let everyone know if I, if I slip up a little bit today, I still got a little brain fog going on, got a little sick, a little brain fog. So I'm going to try to keep my train of thought here. A lot of the times we talked about success. A lot of times why people don't define success is because as soon as we define success, I want to be at every one of my son's baseball games. And if it's at five o'clock, that means I need to leave the office by four. The minute I don't leave at four o'clock and show up and I don't show up for that baseball game, I'm a failure. So a lot mm. of the time we don't define success because in essence, we've also defined failure. Don't sure. let that get in your way. Don't let that get in your way. Don't let your macro beliefs be destroyed by your micro decisions and, and, and go and define that success. And, and the second point that, I, you know, just hearing what you're talking about, cause you, you define success. You sat there and said success was your, your thirst, your quench for knowledge and learning, you know, go get that Gatorade bottle of knowledge and just start soaking it in, whether it's through a mastermind, a podcast, whether it's right. asking, being able to articulate a question, you know, that's, that's one of our biggest rate limiting steps is, you know, being the willingness and being able to articulate a question that gets you to the next question, to the next question. But everyone, they sit there and they're like, man, well, you met in Costa Rica and you have, you've continued this relationship and how could I have, you know, been able to be at something like that? It didn't happen overnight, you know, no. over a couple year period by design, but I wasn't like, oh, I need to meet this person and this person, this person, this person. I just chose that I wanted to learn. I chose that I wanted to listen and ask questions. The network that you've built, the network that I've built is pretty vast. And we're literally a, a phone call or a text message away from saying, hey, 
You got anyone in the Rolodex? No, none of us have a Rolodex, by the way. You got anyone in the Rolodex? I need X. And you're like, yeah, hold on real quick. Hey, I'm going to put you on a message and, and go from there. How has that served you as your, as your Rolodex? Okay, let's, let's exit the sports arena. Because I mean, you have that, that gives another layer of it. So let's exit the sports arena, your professional career. Your Rolodex now is probably different than what it was before. How has that served you and, and taking your time, slowing down, not getting FOMO, fear of missing out, just real quick, if anyone doesn't know what FOMO means, and, and, and taking the steps to when you look back at it, you're like, damn, th- this is the network that I've built. And it wasn't that I had to do, I had to put all this money into it. I did put some money into the machine, but it's the time. How has your Rolodex served you? Oh, wow. I mean, it is, it's the... I will put, I'll even say it to you this way. I consider my Rolodex uh, books that I read. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know them personally, yeah. right? Uh, podcasts that I listen to, I don't know them personally. You know, those are all parts of this story. But I will say this the way that it has happened over time, and, and, and to give the listener a little bit of context, what they're looking for is again, environment matters who you are around, what you're consuming matters. And when, you know, our worlds crossed because my company, Optimal Self, and and the courses that we were doing and the, the people that we were coaching and the stages that I've been on, right? It was time to... It was time to take the next step into the digital world, which was podcasting, YouTube channel, that kind of thing which I had no, I didn't know anything. So I started digging into to the people that were. So I started to listen. I started to see names that kept popping up. I started to see different aspects of... And then I looked for people that I could, to be honest with you, that I could vibe with, that I could jive with, that I, that, that, you know, that I could have a conversation with. Because again, that, that, that all matters as well. And then... I just make the calls, man. I just, I just literally find the email, uh, find a way, find a Facebook, an Instagram page, and 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 all of a sudden, I'm showing up in their DMs, and I'm showing up. Hey, you said this on a podcast, or you said this on a on a uh, on on you posted this. I'm really interested to know more. How can I find out, or how can I, you know, what? What value can I add to that situation? It's not always, it wasn't about what I could get. Because even when we went on that Costa Rica trip and and that invitation got offered to me, right? And they said, hey, this is what we're doing, right? Um, and you would fit in, right? It's all handpicked people because we're trying, because we're going to live in the same house. We're going to, and so when that happened, you know, you, you look at it and it wasn't about, you know, because, because let me tell you something, what I was, what they want to tell you is what you're going to get out of it. Hey man, you're going to have this guy and that guy and this lady and this, and this person who has this, and you're going to learn from them. And, and so it's about what I can give, but what I can get, right. That's what we try to, to, to say, but I want everybody here to stop for a second when that happens and say, well, hold on a second. I get that. That's cool. But what am I, what can I give? What am I bringing to the table? Right? So what is the value that I want that I want to bring? Right. And so as opposed to, to walking into those rooms or, or, or building these networks that, that you're speaking of, don't always look about what you can get. 
be the person and be the focus of what can I give? What value do I bring? And everyone listening right now, I don't care where you are, where you're at in your business. I don't care. You know, it doesn't matter. You have value. You have expertise. You do. <laughs> rather, yeah. rather you are the stay-at-home mom right now. Well, guess what? You you got some serious expertise in those yeah. things, in those areas. So don't limit yourself by saying, "Oh, I don't, I don't have anything to bring." It's just a matter of thinking, "How? What do I give?" And the moment you you go into the situation with with a giving mentality, you're going to get more than you could ever ask for. Yeah. We talk about a lot about the leading with the give, leading with the give. When I changed, you know, my oldest company, when I changed and led with the give doors, just open, like the red carpets came out and I, I'm being a little, you know, like, you know, wordy there, but like it, it happened. And it led right. that moment led me to the next moment that led me to this moment right here because of the fact that I led with the give mentality. Did I get burnt a few times? Yep. But I was able to see the burn before it happened as time went on a little bit quicker. I could see around corners because of who I was surrounding myself with. And here's, here's I'm going to tell everyone right now, we're in a safe place. We can be vulnerable here. Vulnerable. Like whoever came up with the word, why couldn't they have just, you know, kept it easy? We're going to be pair right here. Pair has now been replaced with vulnerable. I've been in rooms in the last 12 months. I've been in rooms in the last six months and I'm going into the room. I'm like, honey, like I'm going into this new room. I know the players that are in there, know the people that are in there. I'm like, what the am I going to say to them? What value am I going to bring? I don't know what to do. I, I, I don't want to go in there. I want to, because if I'm uncomfortable, then I know I'm in the right place. Now, if I'm uncomfortable during a bank robbery because I'm being robbed, it's not that uncomfortable I'm talking about. I'm talking, I'm going into a room that I know that I'm not the top five in that room and what's been accomplished and what I'm working towards and how I'm giving. Like I need, it's a room where like I'm in the bottom tier and I'm like, yeah, that's the room that I want to be in. It's okay. I'm relatively seasoned in what I've built and what I've done. If anybody knows that, and I still get nervous and I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what value I'm going to bring. Like, who am I to be in this room? It's not going away. And that's the human mindset, the champion's mindset, which Jeremy not might not have heard of the exact term and how I'm using it, but he's got the champion's mindset because of, because of who he is and his, his athletic mentality and how he's built his optimal company. The champion's mindset says, shut up, human mindset. You got this. You'll know it when you know it. And so don't be afraid to go into a room where you're like, I don't belong. Still happens to me. This day. I don't know about you, Jeremy, but oh, like yeah. it still sits there. It's not going away. It's already built into our DNA. Accepting that insecurity, but making sure you have that other voice. There's where the uh, there's where the change starts happening. And you know how I learned that, Dr. Jeff Spencer, my uh, my corner man uh, that we've that we've talked about. All right, you know, I feel people they get stuck. And sometimes we don't know how to execute what's in our head. Going into a mastermind, I'm like, this is what I want to get out of it, but I don't know how to accomplish it. You know, as, as we're still going, as we see the pandemic, you know, picking back up again, I feel that it's allowing us to, in the last couple of years, to have a reset and how we can accomplish things, you know, because it's making us stop, take a step back. And as opposed to running, we're walking towards things. We're not just chasing things. You never should chase things. Just don't chase things, people. How have masterminds helped you when you're looking to reset and accomplish what's sitting up here when you're just stuck in your own head? Well, I mean, for me, every, I mean, I mean, I'm part of uh, multiple masterminds and they're in different, in different arenas for, for, for all of them. Meaning, you know, some are, some are more the wealth side of things. I mean, obviously what we were doing is, is very, 
podcast was podcast driven or business driven for for what we were doing and how to how to how to build it how to get listeners how to monetize there was there were you know different different aspects to it but listen because no one succeeds alone so nobody who's sitting in that room regardless of what your reason of saying they're successful is because again you might be the guy that goes, oh my gosh, there's so-and-so and he has the number one podcast in the world, right? He, you know, makes six figures a week in his podcast, right? That, that deems success. What I, would, what I would urge everybody to do, I mean, first of all, you need to be in those rooms. You need to find, you need to find the rooms that are congruent with what you want in your life. So what are you trying to build? What do you want to do? You've got to be very, very clear on that. Otherwise, you're chasing your tail. You see, if, if you, you've got to figure out who am I, what do I want, what do I want to happen, okay? And then once you, once you can identify that, once you can relate to that personally on, for you, then now I start to, to look and see who's doing that very well. Who are those people? But here's the thing. They're all just people. Like we are the ones that 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 all of a sudden put that. A great story for you is to kind of give you my in between my junior and senior year in college. I got I got picked to play on this team uh, in in Canada. Right, my team. I, I was based in Washington. Went to Gonzaga University, and I remember the day I walked into that locker room. I got picked on this team, and I was like, "Holy cow!" I was so honored, man. I was like, "Oh." Holy cow! Because there's only a few places that in amateur baseball in those years that you know you go play. You play. You play in Canada. You play in Alaska. You play in Cape Cod. And the fact that I got an opportunity, man, I was I was stoked out of my mind. And I remember the day one, man, I walked into that locker room and I looked to my left and I was like, oh, I know all those guys. I just saw them on TV. They were just in the College World Series. I looked to my right. I'm like, holy cow! That's and you know what I mean. He's he's supposed to be a first round like all every guy in that room. And immediately, you guys have probably heard this, this is a really common uh, word that's thrown around on the internet and podcasts and social media today. It's called imposter syndrome, right? We're like, oh shit, they're going to know that I'm not supposed to be here. (laughs) Like, wait a second, because I had, I had built all these guys up in my mind, right? And here's what I learned really quickly. Put their pants on the same way I do tie their shoes the same way I do. And we walked outside and we walked onto the field and we got between the lines and it was still 90 feet to the bases. It was still 60 feet, six inches to the mound. And we started taking ground balls and I'm out there with these guys and I'm like, Oh, this guy's better. You know, and I'm thinking to myself, right. And I said, we're starting to flip balls and we're starting to play like, Oh man. And then my group comes into batting practice and all of a sudden, you know, I'm hitting balls just like they do. My ball's traveling just like theirs does. And all, all the skills of it, all the, all the fundamentals were still exactly the same. Yeah. And, and I learned really quickly that they, it was just my version. And then I got to be friends with them. And I, re, and I asked them those questions and I, I was like, hey, man, do you ever get like nervous? And a guy who was a first round draft pick signed for over in those days, imagine late uh, mid nineties signed for over a million dollars that year. And I asked him that question and he said, man, when I walked into the locker room and I saw so-and-so and so-and-so, I was like, Oh shit. (laughs) Right. 
he had the same feeling, right? You're yeah. talking about the first round draft pick. You're talking about the kid that's that is the number one, like number one of player, number one, number one of the number ones. Yeah. And and here he is saying, "Oh man, I feel the same way," right? Yeah. And then you know what he said? He said once he got drafted and we were still playing because he didn't sign, right? Because you don't sign the contract. You're just drafted. Your rights go to that that team. He hadn't actually signed yet. We're all celebrating with them, right? We're high-fiving them and we're all cheering and families in town. It was like, it was crazy. It was awesome, right? And what happened, and the the very, the next game, we were sitting there and hap- it, we happened to have a bond, him and I. I was like, yeah, all right, because he didn't look right. And he's like, even more pressure now, because now it's not just the pressure of being here and playing and going out and performing, but now I got to go out when I walk on that mound, I'm, the, I'm a first round draft pick. Now, when I step on the mound, yesterday, I wasn't. Yesterday, I was just a prospect that maybe I'm going to be. No, no, today it's real. And I got to step on that mound, right? So how do we get past that? Because you got both sides of spectrum, Brandon. We got people listening right now, right? Because they think that's what they want to be. You think you want to be the first round, right? You think you want to be at the top of the game. But then it's just a whole different type of pressure because now you're at the top, right? And now, because guess what? The higher you get, the better you get the more exposure you're going to have and more people are going to have shitty things to say about you. <laughs> yeah, more does not equal more. More money doesn't equal I mean, more I'm, success. I'm, t- I'm telling you, like, that's when you know you're doing something right is when they start to see, hey, listen, if nobody said a bad thing about you, then you haven't got, you ain't there yet. Yeah. Until somebody starts talking, until they start talking shit, and they start to try to tear you down. That's when you're like, yeah, man, I made it. <laughs> I, I had that recently. I, I had someone it. reach out to me like, hey, uh, real quick, you might want to steer clear of said person. <laughs> um, they're, they're saying some stuff in the background Ooh. that I'm like, huh? I'm like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's when you know you made it. But my point is to go back to what you said is, is that's the same thing as, is masterminds. It's the same thing. Like, yeah, we talk about it all the time. You've heard it said, like, be the dumbest guy in the room. Of course. Right. Because that's when you have the ability to learn. But the thing is, is not just about being the dumbest guy in the room, go into that room, not looking for what I can get, but from what I can give. Yeah. Be, be an asset to the room. Even if those guys are all hundred million dollar producers and winners and done all this kind of stuff. And you know, you've, you've, you've barely made it or whatever. You're just paycheck to paycheck. It's okay. You still have value yep. because of who you are and Each you invested and every in one yourself. Yeah. And, and probably to get in that room, it probably costs money and, and use that term too, because here's the thing that one of the biggest things that I, that I, especially when people come to us and I say, listen, do you know the difference between cost and investment? Cause there's a massive difference and it's, it's literally just your mindset, by the way, yeah. because if you look at this or if you look at things as a cost, you're like, Oh my God, that's going to cost me whatever, $1,000, let's go, you know, whatever. Then you're missing the whole point because now it's a self-worth issue. Because when somebody says to me cost, oh yeah, Jeremy, I really want your program, but it costs X. Then I know that's not, it's a self-worth issue because you're looking at as a cost. What I'm asking, what I'm saying is you need to invest in you, even if it's not with me, that's okay. I'm perfectly okay with that. If this guy or that guy or this girl or that girl or this or what is is a better man, go for it, please. But invest in you. Take your second, take your time and put that money in and then go in there, not with, oh man, I gave this amount of money. What am I going to get and start beating your chest? Walk in and be willing to learn. Listen, 
ask great questions. You should walk into those rooms, not with a blank piece of paper. You should walk in with questions because questions are going to determine the answers. The better your question, the better the answer. The bigger the question, the bigger the answer. You've got, you've got to determine that for yourself. But understand, is this a cost or is it an investment? I do this with people all the time. Like you have a gym membership, right? And I said, do you, what is it? Uh, it costs me $49 a month, right? I'm like, okay. <laughs> you, because, it, but are you investing in you? Do, you? do you actually use it, right? Do you actually, are you invested? To me, a gym membership is an investment. It's an investment in my health. It's an investment in my wellness. It's an investment so that I get the opportunity to sit here and do this for you. So I'm not fighting disease or I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, be sick, right? I'm going to have the energy that it takes to be able so that each and every time we have an encounter, you're getting hundred percent of me, man, right? hundred percent. There is nothing that I do. If I'm going to give you 50%, I don't do it, right? We were in Costa Rica, like, Hey, some guys are going golfing. I was like, yeah, I'm not. Would I enjoy that and have a few beers with some really cool dudes and smack some balls around? Of course. Yeah. But I'm going to, but, but it's, I'm, you're not getting hundred percent of me. You're not. So I have to make that choice, but it's very easy for me. Decisions become easy when you're very clear on who you are and what you want. Can I give that 100% of me right now? 100%. Am I all in? No, then I don't do it. It's that simple. Yeah. Moving on. What's and next? It, it is about investing you. And here, here's an interesting thing. You know, when I went to my first mastermind, it was life changing. I went in there scared. People going to like me. You know, my, <laughs> I knew I was in the right room, but I'm like, these, they, they, you know, far exceeded everything. You know, the imposter syndrome really kicked in short of maybe one or two people. I'd already built up a company, but I didn't look at it. Like, you know, that, that was probably amassed more than the other ones in there, but I was still had like, they're doing so much more. I had that imposter syndrome, like where they're going. I'm like, I'm going to get left in the dust, but I got fortunate. I consider myself lucky because when I invested in Travis's in that mastermind, I'm like, it all worked out. And, and I, I realize that everyone doesn't have time and resources, meaning that if they take a misstep and they invest in the wrong mastermind, they invest in the wrong coach, that they might not be able to mentally come back from that or financially come back from that. You know, I, I use the analogy, hey, a doctor is willing to, to transfer the risk. I'm going to prescribe this for you, but not for my daughter. Uh, a politician is going to sit there and say, I'm going to send your kid off the war, but I'm going to find a way to where like, you know, they're tucked away over here and they don't have to do it. When you invest in yourself, what are the steps that you utilize to make sure that you don't make those missteps? Because it can happen. Has it ever happened to you where you invest in something and the outcome wasn't what you were that 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 was promised or the delivery wasn't there? And, and how did you how did you navigate those waters? As so many people out there, their their fear is, is I'll invest in this and then I'll lose my hiney and I won't be able to come back from this. How have you navigated those kinds of situations? So two different two different scenarios there that I'll give you. Number one is if I make the decision to do it, I'm responsible for the outcome. Not you. I'm responsible. So I'm gonna ask better questions. I'm gonna show up on time. I'm gonna be there. I'm not gonna cancel. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure. So if I'm gonna invest then I'm responsible for my result. I'm responsible. Because there's no, there's nothing, there's nothing that you can possibly do. There's nothing. Brand, I learned a ton of shit from you. Success finders and your app and all the stuff that you do, like, man, but it's my job to implement it. It's my job to take the information and 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 do something with it. It's not yours. You can't give me any of that. So number one is if if I make the decision or when I make the decision to choose that, I'm all in. And I'm also all in, in the sense that I'm responsible for the result, not you. So that's number one. Number two, 
for, for people out there, because I know that this comes, it always comes down to the financial situation. And if there's a financial situation, then we need to address that first. And what I mean by that is we need to pull up your PL, whether it's just your personal PL, which most people we all don't got have. Them. We all got them if we actually built them out, even ourselves. Doesn't mean you have to have a business. Yeah. No, but people don't do that. People don't know. If I asked you what your overhead monthly is, you, there's less than 1% of the world that could tell me what that number is. Um, We're around like ours, around 13.5 on yeah. a monthly basis. Like right. that's monthly. So, so, so in order for you to eat, so, for, in, so, so if, if, so, and then if I asked you, okay, how much do you make per month? Like what is your average income? If you tell me 13.5, I'm not even trying to get you in the program. No. I'm not trying to go, oh, hey, don't pay your mortgage this month and pay me and I'm going to get you out of it. No, I'm not. That, that's impossible. What I will work on you with is, hey, if that's where we're at, let's do this. Let's start with your P&L. Let's start, let's start looking at what we spend that money on and where can we cut first. Manage your expenses first before you even start trying to make more money. Fuck making more money because guess what? You're, You're not getting more, more time. Yeah. People, you're not getting any more time in the day. Guess what? Tomorrow, the sun's going to come up. You're going to get the same 24 hours you got today. How you use them matters. So first and foremost, enough with, you know, I'm not, if you don't have the financial, the finances, let's find out why. Am I living above my means? Am I pushing money out where I shouldn't? And do I have, you know, all these automated things coming out of my account and I'm just turning away and knocking off dollars? Because guess what? You can probably knock two, three, four, five thousand dollars off of there. And then in a month or two, you can have a little bit of savings. And then a month or two after that, you can call me, you can get into the program. We can work one on one. That's a way better estimation than me trying to, yeah, you're going to get the people. The moment that they that they're not worried about your your financial situation, meaning how okay, where are you and how did you get there? Because what I'm going to tell you is this. I'm going to it this all comes down to. Well, it's your decision-making muscle, which comes down to discipline, self-control, all these other words that, that people, willpower, right? All these little words that people want to use. Listen, we got to fix that first because I don't give a shit what I teach you, what kind of assets I give you, how many times I show you all the stuff that I can put in place for you to build a better business, to build a better world, to have better habits. None of that matters because if you're self-control, you're self-discipline, you all... If, if none of that is is in alignment, if you don't have that control, then it doesn't. Then the information that I have for you means nothing. It's useless. Yeah, it's useless. So let's start there. So so to answer your question, yeah, like when you when I get that question, most people by the time they get to me, right? Because I mean, obviously we have a filtration system to to figure out. If they're, you know, one, do they understand the difference between cost and, and investment? Do they, you know, are they ready to, and have they ever invested in themselves? Did they ever, have they got burned? That's fine. But when you've got burned, what happened? Yeah. Did you not ask what, the right question going into is, it? Yes. Is because here's the other thing, dude, is this, is that when we feel burned a lot of times is because we went in with an expectation that the other person may not even have known that was our expectation, Right. So, so now this, I'm expecting this person to fulfill on this and yet they don't even know that what this is. Yeah. They, they weren't yeah. involved in that conversation that you internally had. Then here I go. If I would have showed up in Costa Rica said, I'm going to get X, Y, and Z, right? 
and nobody, nobody there knew what X, Y, and Z were, there's no way you could have fulfilled that. But if I went in with a book of questions and I knew that I'm responsible for my results, not you, not anybody else sitting in those rooms, but man, was I willing to take a nugget from every single person? And before I left it, could I, could I implement it? Could I write it down? Could I sit back and, and talk with Liz about it, right? Did her, her, I mean, this would be good for all of you, right? If you have a loved one, if you have that person, and if you don't get one accountability partner of some kind, find there's somebody out there and say, hey, man, look, I'm really trying to build this or I really want this to happen in my life. Pick something very simple, right? Whether it's your health, whether it's your finances, whatever. Hey, can we debrief every night just for 10 minutes, whether it's a text or whether it's a call, whatever fits your schedule. And now, so every night we sat out front, heard the waves crash, pulled out our books and we debriefed every night. What'd you get out of today? What'd you learn? What are you implementing? Right? And now I know what hers are. She knows what mine are. And now we can hold each other accountable to it. We're always looking for someone else to give us the answer. What we have to be willing to do is sit back and go get it. Not and then when I get it, what, how do I? How, what am I willing to do? Jim Quick, those of you guys if you don't know him, he's a doctor, amazing, amazing guy, right? Millions of followers, wrote a best-selling offer uh, book called Limitless. Jim's a good guy, <laughs> incredible guy, right? Incredible, incredible human. But he always taught. I mean, one of the things that I love that he says that is the moment that you hear this. So those of you guys that are listening to this right now, Jim always says on his podcast, take a screenshot. And then send it to somebody and tell them what your aha was. Tell them what your takeaway was. Hey, I just heard Brandon and Jeremy talking about this. Here's the, here's the podcast. And then boom, here's what I learned. Tell, hey, go take a look and tell me what you learned. Because now by you taking it, you actually hearing it, you actually writing it down, and now you sharing it with someone else. It's just cementing it deeper inside of you. And then if it was something that was a, a, an actual skill or something like that, that you could actually teach to somebody else, it's even stronger right? So finding these different things to, to be able to don't just take this information and, and write it down because we've all done it, right? How many times you've been to Tony Robbins, right? UPW, man. And you leave out of there just fired up. And I got like four books of no notes, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then I get home and it falls and it gets on my desk and then it goes under the desk and then it goes over to the filing cabinet. You right? might as well just throw it away at that point. Yeah. Then it goes to the, the circle <laughs> filing cabinet because yeah, because but but the day, man, I was fired up as shit, right? Oh my god, no, man, that's not how it works. Like that's, that, yeah. That's why those things are so tough, man. Is that you have to be able, you have to be able to go in there and take bits and pieces. But before you go to bed, you got to turn around and tell it to somebody else or teach it to somebody else. Yes. And if if you're willing to do that, man, again, the sky's the limit. And and like I said before, I open this whole thing, and you, and I'm telling you, and all the stuff that you do, because. <laughs> Being in your position too, somebody that actually hosts masterminds, that, that actually, like, I know the sleepless nights, right? I've hosted them. I teach them, right? I have a, I could just be teaching a class to 20 people tomorrow. And all I want to do is make sure that it's perfect. All I want to make sure is that they get this incredible, right? I had a call this morning at 8.30 and you know, leading into the call and down in my dungeon and the workout and all these kind of things. And I'm taking notes and I'm writing on my board and I got all this stuff, you know, like I'm, I'm, pre I'm prepping and prepping and prepping and prepping, just hoping that that 30 minutes is going to be anybody that's willing to give me their time, that they're going to stay, that they're just going to be so stoked, right. That they're going to get something out of it. Now, here's the thing is that's how we think, right. 
we, we want to give, 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 give. And I know how you are, man. You're coming off one right now and you're just like, you know, what can we do better? How do we get better? How do we, did we do enough? Is it like, it's a cycle, but I want people to know that when they, when they make that commitment, that they're not just committing to, to being there, they're committing to getting something and implementing it in that moment. Don't wait till Monday. <laughs> Don't go to the, the seminar Saturday, Friday, Saturday, and then, you know, have your cool fun day on Sunday and be like, I'm going to do it on Monday. Bullshit. You should have already started. You should have already made the move. Become an activator, not a motivator. It's great to get motivated, <laughs> but become an activator. Surround yourself <laughs> with activators. And, well and some of the best activators can motivate and activate and say, hey, here are the next steps. But you have to take them. Yep. You know, what, what, what should people expect? And we've heard a lot, but I come to you. I'm like, hey, Jeremy, my name's Brandon Straza. And uh, I got a podcast. I've got this business or I'm, I'm working for someone. I'm doing this and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hustling. I want to go to that next level. And you're like, great, Brandon, here, here, here's this. Let's see if we're a natural fit. And we, we find out we're a natural fit. What should people expect when, when Brandon says, Jeremy, you know, time for me to invest myself when they come and they work with you? Well, first and, for, first and foremost, we got to get, I, I have to, it's my job to, to understand when you use terms like the next level of success, or I want to get to this level. My, I have to understand what that is. That's, that's where I go. I don't have a, I don't have a, a business in a box. I don't have a program in a box. I don't have one size fits all. I think and, that's and I want to put in there. I know I'm cutting you off. When yeah. you find the one size fits all, the program in the box, run, 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 run. Don't you can skip, <laughs> you can jaunt, but move in the direction. So I had to throw that in there for the listeners. Nah. Yeah, no, nah, but I, it's a very good point, right? Is that, and I've got to know what those words that you're using mean because your idea of success, your idea of the next level, your idea of whatever. Like you can, we all say those words. We've all heard those words before. My job is to understand what that word means to you. Once we find out, once I know that, then we're going to craft together. Because again, I'm gonna, I, I, I like to give you really easy things for the listener to understand. If, if you came and said, hey, I need to lose 50 pounds, right? I'm 50 pounds overweight. I feel like shit. And I told you, great, we're going to eat salmon and broccoli. And you were like, okay, broccoli makes me throw up and I'm allergic to salmon. Well, that ain't going to work, right? Like that, that, that doesn't work. So where I would start is not going, knowing that 50 pounds is the key. 50 pounds isn't the key, first of all, right? Because again, how did I get there in the first place? Probably need to put the Oreo box down. What? <laughs> Maybe. Why is that important to you? That's an, the, another thing. I'll give you a really quick story. This is years ago before, even before Optimal Self, but we, I had a, I had a program, uh, was, well, I had a gym and part of the program was a weight loss program. And I had a lady come in and I'll give you the, just for, for your listener to kind of get some context. And she was about 80 pounds overweight and she came in and we do an assessment, right? The same thing I'm talking about you now. We would, you and I would do an assessment. I would ask you questions. I would be digging in. I would want to know why. So we got all the way through and in fitness, you got to stay, you know, I got to make sure that you can move, right? You have injuries, right? Torn, mu torn muscles, if you had surgeries, all this other kind of stuff so that we make sure that we're moving correctly. So when we get through all of that at the end, I said, okay, so on your, and she filled it out prior to sitting down with me. And it said, I want to lose 80 pounds. I need, it literally said, I need to get this effing baby weight off me. Right. 
by the way, when she says baby weight, it was three kids back to back to back. And now they're, now they're like six, seven and eight. So now we're not just like, <laughs> it's not like just like last week she had a baby. No, we're talking about six years ago was the last baby. Okay. So there's a lot more going on here. Well, we go through it. So I do, and, and I do this and I do this even with my clients today. Say, so, okay, close your eyes for a second. On your sheet, you wrote 80 pounds. Yes. Is that, is it, is that it? She's like, if that goes off, it'll be the lowest I've ever been since my sophomore year in high school. I've always been a little bit chubby. I've always been a little bit this, that, you know, she said, but about my sophomore year in high school is when I remember feeling the best. I said, okay, fair enough. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to picture, I want you to picture a year from now. And that 80 pounds is gone. Okay. You're standing in front of the mirror. You're going to celebrate that. You just did it. You, you reached that milestone. Okay. I want you to picture, what are you wearing? A dress? Is it a, is it a pair of jeans that's been in the back of your closet that you haven't fit into? Is your hair up or is it down? You have what kind of what kind of earrings do you have on? What kind of necklace do you have on? What kind of shoes? Are those them Jimmy Choo's that you've been dying for? You're gonna celebrate and get them, right? Like whatever it is. I need, I need details. I need this so detailed that you can see it. Brandon, what I'm gonna tell you is this: about eight out of 10 people that sat in that and sat in that chair and really did that moment would move them to tears. They would have an emotional response. Okay. Let me tell everybody, one, every one of your listeners right now, none of you are doing anything until you have an emotional response. Logic makes you think, emotion makes you act. This lady didn't have an emotion. She opened her eyes. I said, okay, tell me about her. What was she wearing? Um, I don't know. I think ah, there's this, there is this one dress, but uh, I kind of want, I go, hold on a second. You didn't see her? Could you not see her? Yeah, 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 I could see her. Then what the fuck was she wearing? Well, I just, um, you know, Okay. Okay. I said, I'm sorry. I don't think that this is the right time for you. And she got pissed. She was like, what? What do you mean? I said, listen, I, I only work with people. This is not cheap, number one. And I'm only working with people that, are, that I know that I can help or that are ready for the help. And it's just, and I'm not saying ever, I'm just saying it's not the right time. She's like, you, I don't give a shit how much money this credit card works. You ever see this? What do you think? I can't afford it. I said, no, I didn't say that. Not at all. I know. I'm pretty sure you can. I'm probably more than afford it. You probably buy this fucking gym from me, whatever. Like you probably got more money than I do. That's not the point. I'm not here to take your money. I'm here to get you results. And at this particular time, and she said, said, let me ask you this. Is there something in your life that's ever, you just maybe haven't been able to do it. Maybe there's something that just irks you. There's something that digs in your, in your, in your core, right? I said, is there something? And she's like, yeah, there's something. I came here yesterday and you weren't here. I said, yeah, I, I do tend to take a day off every now and then. <laughs> My bad. No. I said, yeah, yeah. And she's like, and there were girls out there and they were doing pull-ups. I was like, yeah, we do some pull-ups here. She's like, and then I came in today and there were girls doing pull-ups. I saw a different set of girls and I saw them doing pull-ups. Some of them had a band, but I saw, and I said, yeah, 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 for sure. I was like, there's a couple beasts out there. There's a couple girls out there that are legit, like, you know, can do like 20 unbroken bullet. Like, yeah, for sure. She goes, I want to do a fucking pull up. I've always been the chubby girl in class. I've always been this gym class. When I was a kid, I couldn't do it. I said, okay, okay. You feel what that feels like? She said, yeah, I do. And I said, okay, one condition and one condition only. We had a big chalk wall, you know, we painted it with chalk. And every time you left that room and you had a goal, you go out there and you write it on the goal wall with, you get your chalk piece and you go out there and you write it on. 
I said, I'll agree to take you into the program on one condition and one condition only. Your sole purpose of walking through those fucking doors three days a week is to do a motherfucking pull up. She's like, done. It ain't about the 80 pounds. It ain't about anything else. And let me tell you something. Not only, so she went out there and she literally wrote on the board, do one F apostrophe N pull up. And she signed her name and she dated it. And every day. And so when, when the, our staff, the people that were there, they knew what your goal was. So every day you saw, every day I saw her, I said, hey, guess what? You're one day closer to a pull-up. She show up the next day, say, hey, guess what? You're one day closer to a pull-up, right? And we worked on some things. She had some shoulder issues, so we worked on some stuff. Here's the thing. About eight months into this, and listen, she was showing up. She was coming. She would actually text me. She didn't have to do this. She would actually text me if she was supposed to be there and she wasn't there. She would say, hey, this came up, couldn't make it. I'm going to pull a Saturday class instead of coming on my normal Thursday, right? She was being accountable. She didn't have to do that. She didn't have to. I mean, our money was already in the bank. She was already, her credit card was already on the, on the going to get charged no matter what. You already signed the contract, but you guys understand. So about eight months in, she comes skipping in one day and she's like, whoop, whoop, what's up? What's up? Right. High-fiving people. And uh, she's like, hey. And I said, yeah, what's up? And she's like, today's the day. I said, really? What is today? And I'm looking at my watch. I'm looking, I'm like, you know, every, you know, now in America, every day is something. It's either National Cheesecake Day, Coffee Day, White Teeth Day. It's number, you know, <laughs> it's always a day. I'm like, what the, What day is today? She said, I'm ready to do a pull-up. I said, really? You sure? She's like, I'm ready. I'm ready to try. I may not make it, but I'm ready to try. I said, okay, tell you what, go over there, get your shoulders ready. Cause you're not, cause I know what the class is. Cause I write the program. <laughs> she's going to be smoked at the end of this, at this session. So I'm like, she's going to be smoked. There's no way she's going to have the, the, the muscle, the muscle fatigue is going to be too much when she's fresh. Maybe she has a shot, right? She's never done it before. So she goes over and she gets ready. I get the class ready. And as they're coming over the class, like asking me, they're like, Hey, why is she over there? Why isn't she in the class? I said, Oh, she's getting her shoulders ready. Her, you know, her on the goal board is a pull-up. And so we're going to give her a chance to do a pull-up today. And she, they're like, Oh, what? Everyone's rooting for her. So the, the warm-up ends, she comes walking over all of a sudden, everybody starts gathering around like the big circle around her. People are like, yeah, yeah. Somebody walks over. I don't even know who it was. They turn off the radio, right? They turn the music. So now we have no music on. Here's the gym. The gym's dead quiet going around. And she comes walking up. She's a little bit sweaty. I'm like, perfect. How's your shoulder feel? Great. I'm like, you ready? She's like, hell yeah. You could see it in her eye, man. There was nothing stopping this lady. So I said, okay, make sure you set your scapula, all the things we've been working on, right? Get a good stretch. Make sure your hands are fully around the bar, right? All the things. So she jumps up. No joke, B. She starts pulling a little bit tight at the beginning. Like, oh shit. All of a sudden you see a little wiggle and then she gets about halfway and looks like she's shot out of a cannon. All the way up, man. Chin over that bar. She's holding it and surprised the shit out of her, right? She was like, oh, she drops down. She runs over the best hug that you can imagine, right? Legs around you. She's grabbing me. She's like, oh my God, oh my God. People are high-fiving. She's crying. I'm crying. People in the class are crying, right? She jumps back over. She does a couple more pull-ups. And she, I mean, again, the most amazing thing. Now I want people to understand is that everybody out there has that thing in their life. Everybody listening to this right now has something in their life that will that's burning inside of them. Stop pushing it away. Don't be afraid to say it. Don't be afraid to find that mastermind or that person or that coach or that whatever mentor 
that can help you seek them out, even if it's YouTube or a book or whatever, right? Because here's what I'm going to tell you. That was a paradigm shifting moment in my life when it comes to coaching, because that day I also hit a PR, hit a 500 pound deadlift. I weighed 182 pounds that day. Did a, and it was a big goal of mine. It was on the goal board. The same thing that she wrote. I had my goal up there. That happened at noon that day. By 1230, I'd already wrote a new goal and I was already on to the next thing because it was just a, it was just an achievement. It was just a process. It was just being in the process for myself that my goals aren't really that important. When you can find something and you can do something again, when I told you this, you can add value to others. It's a whole different world. Yeah. That night when I was closing up shop, everybody's gone and I've got the, you know, mats are all cleaned and everything's ready. And we're getting the day ready for the next morning class at 5 a.m. And I'm still on fire, man. Like I'm still burning. And I'm like, wow, what is that feeling? Why is this? And it's because in that moment, I realized that I now have helped somebody else achieve a goal. And it's not the first time, but it was the first time that I realized that that was more important than me doing a 500 pound deadlift and hitting my goal. So I would urge everybody that's listening is dig into yourself and understand that we're not just seeking success because success can be your bank account. It can be the nice car. It can be the new house. It can be whatever. It can be that spouse or whatever you want. But fulfillment is where the true, the truth lies. That was fulfillment for me. That's what I do today. Today, I seek those moments over and over and over again. Cause now I'm hunting. Now I'm hunting. Now I'm, now I'm a fucking lion looking for that next thing, that next one, that next. How can I help you? How can you and I get together, be, and you leave today and hopefully get something out of it? Right. And, and, and move this, move this needle each and every day. That's what we have to be focused on. Stop, stop looking for, stop looking for the answer and create that motherfucker. Create that answer, create that time. And the only way that happens is if you take time to realize what you're actually doing, to take time to, to, to take that moment and understand what's happening to you, whether it be I'm jealous and I'm angry and I'm pissed off right now, or I'm excited. I just got the chills. This is incredible feeling, right? Because there's a fine line. There's a super fine line there that we have to understand, but we have to be aware of them. So when you have that moment and you're feeling good, ask yourself what it is and then fucking get on the hunt and keep creating it day in and day out. Yeah, man. Yeah. Digging it. Loving it. Loving it. Because you're finding out where they're at, where they want to go. And so many people actually like, oh, you want to go here? I got the program for you. <laughs> but no one asks where the GP or the current GPS is. It'd be like plugging into, hey, I want to go to Costco. Where are you? Where are you at right now? You can't get to Costco. You can't, it will not. Google Maps will not take you to Costco unless you know where you're at. And that's what you did with her. Where are yeah, you at? Yeah. You found that emotional connection, that emotional right. tie to now all of a sudden you're like, all right, now we can work together. That's right. Because if it was based off the 80 pounds, eh, we're not going to get there. She, was gonna, she wouldn't come. Yeah. Because it wasn't important to her. Yep. By the way, she lost the 80 pounds. Not only that, she lost a hundred pounds. She went on to run multiple marathons and now she is a, now she's helping people with fitness and, and wellness. She's actually a coach. Yeah. yeah. She's beautiful. 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 All right. As we get ready to come to end here, I always like to end it with, with this, these last few questions, you know, in times of prosperity, things are good. We're all winning. The wins just seem to come a little bit easier, but to me, 
ingenuity and creativity come when we feel the squeeze. And the world is feeling, still feeling some form of funky squeeze out there. And I'm not, I'm not, I, I understand the gravity of what's going on as much as one can. So when I say a funky squeeze, I'm not, you know, lowering the level of the world. What are you working on right now that's going to take place over the next 12 months that excites you? Uh, working on it. Uh, so I do believe in just like that situation that I, the, the, that we talked about is, I don't believe in overhauling habits. I don't believe in overhauling what you do. I believe it takes one little tiny piece. And so we're working, uh, working on a calendar, a, uh, a planner, so to speak, um, that I call streaks and to, to be able to help people take the, take what they want and put some streaks together behind it. Little tiny things, tiny things, right? So in other words, you know, if you're at home and you wanted to, I don't know, let's just stay on the fitness side, lose 80 pounds, right? Is it, it's not about the 80 pounds, right? It's about, okay, what are we going to do today? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, you probably hear James clear talk about this a lot in atomic habits. He's like, just get your gym clothes out and get your shoes ready. Like the night before you were going to the gym in the morning, the night before put it out in that that's the win, right? I'm not even, I don't even care about the gym yet. I care about, did you put your gym clothes out? Did you get your shoes out? Yes. Okay. The chances of you now that your chances just increased by about 80% that you're going to actually put them on and go. Right. It's an accountability and reminder of you. Yeah. Yeah. The next exactly. Day. So, so we want to put streaks together. I want to build a calendar. I want to build a planner that you can actually update on a daily basis that can, they can put it. So that's, that's what we're working on. Um, and I'm super excited to get that out. I do it myself. Uh, I have it myself in, in different, in multiple formats. And so I'm trying to trying to uh, put it all together so that, that we can uh, we can help people build habits, small ones at a time that will last forever. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, last one. What is a tip, a tactic, an actual item that if anyone listening to this right now implemented over the next 30, 60, 90 days would see a real impact on their personal or business life? Mm. Well, I'm going to give you principle number one of optimal self. It's It's hydration that your brain is made of over 80% water, your muscles are over 80% water, your, even your bones have over 65% water. So the problem that we live in today is that most other consumable drinks that you take are actually taking you into a form of dehydration, which means the absolute control center, which is your brain, doesn't work at its optimal level. So if you can do one thing, I would say get up every single morning, the very first thing you do is 16 to 24 ounces of water, a pinch of Himalayan sea salt, the, because Himalayan sea salt is actually mined. It's not processed, like not table salt. Do not do table salt. It's just sodium chloride and fillers, right? Himalayan sea salt has 84 trace minerals. It helps your body absorb, right? Nutrients. So if your body is dehydrated, those of you guys to just give you a little bit, if you, if you, you know, that sponge that most people use in the kitchen, right? When it sits out, you remember how, you know, how hard it is, right? And then imagine, right? If you tried to pour anything on it, nothing goes in until it gets wet, until it's hydrated. That's think of that as your insides of your body. And so if you wake up, have a little pinch of Himalayan sea salt, I do a half a squeeze of lemon, good, very good for, for uh, vitamin C right now. And if you will do that every single day, every day, the first thing you do, watch what happens to your brain fog, watch what happens to the control center, watch what happens to your energy, something very small that every single human walking earth can do. 
get up, have that glass of water before you have your, I'm not saying don't have your coffee. Cause I'm a coffee drinker too, man. Like I like to grind those beans. I'm not saying you have to not do that. I'm saying the very first thing that goes in is 16 to 24 ounces of water, Himal- uh, Himalayan sea salt and some lemon. We call it the hydration cocktail. It's principle one of optimal self. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. We have got the founder of optimal self Inc. Jeremy Herder. Jeremy, man, thank you so much for what you brought today. I love how our relationship has grown and I look forward to the future of what we're going to do together. Everyone. Thanks, Jeremy. Can't wait, buddy. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the mastermind effect, your secret weapon for personal development. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host. So you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to experiencing the mastermind effect.